0: And uh, I tell you, I mentioned as we kind of moved from when we finished Ruth and moved over to Psalm, how God had just really laid upon my heart. We had previously studied uh, select chapters in the book of Psalms. And I was praying uh, for a while, actually even as I was starting the book of Ruth, praying about what's the next thing, where do we go? Psalms just kept coming back, just kept coming back. And so I, I, if God is the one he lays upon my heart, that's what we continue to do. And so uh, personally to me, I know that as I've been studying this, it has been a huge encouragement to me and a huge help and a huge instruction to me as I learn from this uh, book, from this man, David, who was inspired by God to read this, to write this, to learn about his relationship with God, his walk, and to learn a lot about God and a lot about uh, just about the holiness of of God and his work, and today is no different than that. Psalm chapter four, uh, I'm gonna begin reading in verse number six. The Bible says, there be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up thou the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart, more than the time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. I tell you, when I honestly, be it when I first read this and just kind of kind of read through Psalm 4, I got to these three and I'm, okay, this is nice. Uh, But until until I began to stop for a second, reflect on it, do some study, do some research, I realized how much more are in these three verses than I had initially given credit for. So uh, we're just going to break this down here over the next couple of minutes. So in verse 6, David says this, there be many that say, who will show us any good? There's two things they say. One, who will show us any good? And then they say, Lord, lift up the light of thy countenance upon us. And so he starts off, there will be many who say, who will show us any good? Uh, really, well, here's what we look at. We remember David and he, we're kind of at the second half chapter. These verses are kind of, you know, two, three, and four, somewhat roaming together. David's still um, in hiding, still running, um, in, in, in running from for his life in reality, and so he's sitting there, at a level of discouragement. And there's many around him, many of his army that are with him, and many of them are stating. So he's speaking of people probably around him, and even these, even these faithful men to David are beginning to say, simply, "Who will show us any good?" So David, we believe you. We believe in your God. We believe in God. We believe that you are the rightful king. We believe that we are in the right direction but it just would be nice to see some proof. And I'll be honest with you, probably this is one of the greater battles for an average Christian. You know, we're told that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. And then to define faith, we go to Hebrews 11, where it says faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Simply, we are asked to follow God and to serve God and to trust in God through faith. And the definition of faith simply dictates something we believe that we cannot see. But yet, I think we all would agree that there are times in our life where we just say, Lord, it really, it'd be nice just to see a little bit of it. Show us some good. Show us that our direction is good. Show us that our decisions have been good, because sometimes, you know, things happen. We make a decision, and, and you know, the decisions have some negative ramifications, struggles with family, or, or results that come almost immediately, and we feel like, man, Lord, things aren't working wonderfully, aren't really good. What's going on? And we begin to wonder, and Satan wants us to believe that. He saves him Satan is is part of the true impulsive nature of our culture. Everything needs to be now. And so, when we make a decision, or we follow the Lord, or step in obedience, we immediately expect, Satan says, well, if God doesn't bless you immediately, then obviously he's lying. Let me give you an example. Throughout the years, I've heard of people, and some have talked to me, where God has laid upon their heart to uh, start tithing, to start giving financially to the Lord. And one of the things the Bible does teach, one, that we don't give grudgingly or of necessity. We give cheerfully, out of obedience and worship to God. But it also says that God will give us back what we give. It's simply the principle is you cannot outgive God. Now what happens is people have preached and some can wrongfully think, well, that means if I put $100 in the offering plate, then I'm going to get 1,000 this week and I'm gonna become wealthy. And that's not at all what God was teaching. God will take care of us, God will provide for our needs, and then above and beyond that give. But what sometimes happens is, people give, and, they, and, and and doing that is sacrificially, they're used to living off a certain budget, and now all of a sudden they're putting it in the offering plate, uh, it becomes complicated. And so they're anticipating all of these immediate results from this, and it often doesn't come immediately. God often doesn't work in that way. He wants to develop faith, and you know, what does faith, what did he say in James? Let the trying of your faith work patience work maturity and and really patience develops maturity i recognize god because i've run brought through mature, uh, through patience and what it is is i don't do something for the blessing and the result or hey i'll do this if i get when i give when i serve when i do i do it solely for god and so God wants us to understand that. So sometimes we, it immediately doesn't happen. And so we, we wonder, Lord, have I made the right decision? We, another idea was, okay, I want to witness to some friends. I want to witness to some family members. And God's been speaking to me. So I do it. And the moment I do it, I'm expecting that I, I finally obey. I go to my family members. I go to my neighbors. And I, I'm expecting all of them just to immediately acknowledge, get saved, come to church. And, and it doesn't happen. And we say, Lord, wait a minute. I'm, I'm obeying. I'm following in obedience why? We make decisions as husbands or wives and we're waiting for immediate results in our home and our marriage. Here's the premise. It is easy, just like these men said, Lord, will you show us any good? What happens is we can, if we're not careful, become frustrated in the living by faith and not by sight. Um, we can become discouraged, can frustrated, and a lot of it simply comes, at least in my experience from my own life, is... When we're comfortable and things are good, we don't see the need for prayer. We don't see the need for God's word in our lives. And so uh, we kind of just put it off because it's often trials that, that drive us back to prayer and drive us back to the Bible. And so in that, we kind of just can become um, lax with this. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves struggling again in this area. And then we when kind of like David Lord or kind of like Gideon, you know, the Gideon's fleece, We want to see some immediate answers to what God's asking us to do. And that's what he's saying. He says, who will show us any good? Now, obviously, there's a level of frustration here going this. Then they say, Lord, lift up the light of thy countenance upon us. Lord, let us see some good. Let us see some proof. Lord, please um, light it. Now, can I tell you one thing unique in that phrase is the light of thy countenance. Really what we should be looking for is less about the material results and just saying, Lord, are you going to be enough? Let's continue on and we'll finish that thought in a second. Verse seven, David said this, thou hast put gladness in my heart. Notice how the first verse referenced the idea of us, all of us, and David said, "Well, I can't speak for everyone else, but let me talk about me. I can't speak of my, uh, you know, other church members or other family members or people that I know, but what and I know this is the frustration, but Lord, let me speak for a little bit on my behalf. Thou hast put gladness in my heart." Catch this more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. So he says, you have filled me in in gladness in my heart more than in great harvest, which great harvest, by the way, because that was a large portion of economy in the world, basically the main source of economy in that time. What you're finding is, God, you've made me, you put gladness in my heart more than a great harvest, a great wealth, that would come from this, because a great harvest brought great wealth in that time. So he says, you've brought gladness in my heart that exceeds material wealth, that exceeds material possession more than anything of that. He says in verse eight, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. So he simply comes under the idea of stating this phrase, Lord, in everything going on, you are good enough. You, your um, your presence, your grace, you're working in my life, you are good enough. And be honest, that's really where we should strive to get to. Um, You know, we we can go to verses where God says he shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory which he will promise to do. Please understand the context of that when he's talking to the Church of Philippi is a church that is given to him in the missionary work. The only reason I bring that out, it's not a desire to get more people to give, it's a desire to be true to the context. I'm afraid and I've heard that so many people believe that God somehow is required because I'm a Christian to provide for every one of my needs no matter how I live and that is not at all what that verse says. Paul is saying because of your willingness to give towards the ministry of Jesus he will provide for your needs when you're hurting. By the way, Paul also said the church that gave gave once and again to his need beyond their ability. So I hope you understand the full context. They didn't just give, they gave really sacrificially. So please I'm not asking that. I'm not saying that's what he's asking us to do. I'm just saying we have to understand why Paul is stating that. And we take that. Then we go to the other verse that God will give me the desires of my heart what we do and, and I think and we can be careful we can can be dangerous in doing is we take those thoughts and others like them we just take that one verse and that one thought and we yank it completely out of the context of the letter or the people it was written to and we interpret it to believe that as long as I'm breathing as long as I'm you know good or whatever God's just going to bless me and and this idea of of um, this progressive idea of prosperity Christianity teaches that. If you're right with God, you'll be blessed greatly. If you give money to the church, you'll be wealthy. God never promised that. God never promised that. And, I, and what happens is, then Satan convinces us, well, if, if I were your God, I would immediately give you and I would bless you and I would do this and I would do that. And it's easy. It gets into our mind and we begin to wonder. And, and, and I, I will say, because God often works in these times of silence where we say, Lord, I believe I'm right and I'm walking with you, but there's silence. So it's easy for us to begin to believe the lies of Satan. So let me encourage you. Something we should strive for. And it, can I say that the phrase I'm using that we're trying to talk, explain now is so much easier said than done, but it is real, where God, his presence, his working in my life is enough. He states in that verse eight, I will lay me down and sleep for thou makest me dwell in safety. He said, not my finances, not the security of everything going on, not the peace in all of my relationships, not prosperity materially. It's not all of the wealth in the bank and all of the things in my homework and all of the problems in my home are there and solved and my marriage is wonderful, my kids are great. All of these things, there's no health issues. It's not that, he never says that. He doesn't say that I have been materially blessed and therefore look at all how God has blessed me. He says, Lord, you alone are what allow me to rest because you are what helped me dwell in safety. You are enough for me your your fulfillment me your walk with me your and this is I said this is why it's so important to do more than just read the word of God, but to walk and to learn to put our trust in God. And so David said, in the time of turmoil, when I'm watching so many other people say, listen, ha, God's not blessing you. Look, he's, he's, he's forsaken you. And that's what people are telling me. And now the friends around me, David said, are beginning to say, God, will you show us any good? We have given up everything and left our families and everything to, to follow your anointed, your king. And how are you gonna give any good? You're gonna show us anything. And a legitimate, at least human response, as many of us probably asked at one point or time in another in our life and then God just says listen and David said I can't speak for others but I can speak for myself thank you as he says in verse 7 he said thou has put gladness in my heart my my trust in you is greater than even the wealth of the world I hope that's something we can learn and strive for and by the way if you strive for it and, and you and you work and you allow God to teach you through patience and through these things you can get to that point and it's it's It requires me to stay close to God. If I walk away and my flesh takes over, it becomes complicated. I must continue to walk with God. I truly hope that's an encouragement. I know it's a challenge. I know you look at it and say, man, it seems higher and, and, and more than I thought. It's not something, shall I say, that I strive to do or be. What I believe it is, it's something I strive to allow God to show me. So I walk with God, I trust God in the time, I learn more about God, and I allow Him to help me to recognize that about Him. And that's really what we're striving for. He does that work, not us. But we stay close enough to Him and we can recognize that work. Well, thanks for joining us again, I believe, I, hopefully if everything works on this Thursday. Tomorrow will be the last of the pre-recorded ones that we have done for the week um, that will come out just again. It'll be posted by Facebook, Instagram, or the YouTube channel. And uh, so we really hope that these are easy to find and encouragement. Share them if they're a blessing to you, that'd be encouragement to us, and uh, we hope you continue to use God's word to help and and strengthen and encourage you through these times. We hope you have a great rest of your day, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.